Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. Another great show for you today, folks. I want, there's a, there's a whole lot I'm going to talk about. The war, the oil prices, inflation, all these things that are hitting us up, right? I want you to in, look at it as the return, the attack of the plutocracy to recover what the pandemic has taken away, or they believe the pandemic has taken away their forward progress, their forward take. So what are we going to cover today? Uh, The first thing I'm going to start with is inflation and what secretary, uh, the the past treasury secretary had to say, because his word... Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Were prescient. And it's important that you listen to this guy because he's going to use inflation in a particular context to take it all away from the average American citizen in protection of a particular class. We have to be aware of these issues. We have to know what is actually going on. Second subject we're going to talk about, Jen Psaki is going to show the cognitive dissonance we have with some reporters, you know, uh, to just that, that they've used to justify failure of the oil companies. So we're going to tackle that particular one. We're also going to point out how Jen Psaki, with these testosterone-driven uh, reporters, how she simply calmed it down and said, what we, the administration, is doing is trying to prevent World War III. Then, of course, our, our, our member of our board here at KPFT, Vanisha Williams, she's going to give a little, uh, a little segment here on why you need to support 52 on 52. It's an interesting thing. Remember, KPFT have been here or has been here for over 52 years. Yes, we have. Lastly, but not least, we're going to discuss gasoline prices, how it really is a fraud. And I want you to listen to this in detail, folks. It's important 
because everybody's screaming at the president, the government, but that's not where lies the problem. We need to be aware so that we can vote the right people in so that not only do we vote the right people in, but we are cognizant of what we demand that they do when we get in. Then we're going to have Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki has an interesting way of handling sort of a information that shouldn't even have been at the White House press. We're going to talk about that. But you know what I say here? We're going to say, let's get busy. I also wanted to ask you about comments that Representative Madison Cawthorn made about the Ukrainian government. He said in a video that Zelensky is a thug. He said the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt. Uh, he said some other things, but he also said that Zelensky is pushing, pushing misinformation on America. Would the like, White House like to comment? I would not. Go ahead. I want you to listen to uh, Larry Summers. Larry Summers points out exactly how powerless people without a political system that guarantees their protections is. And he doesn't say any of that. Just listen to how he answers this question uh, from, uh, uh, from Lawrence O'Donnell. Very important. A lot of people won't perceive it. They won't see it. But while I was listening to it, I said, oh my God, he said it. He said it. Please, important that you listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. What is happening to purchasing power uh, this year? We, we know inflation, and you were an early uh, warner on inflation. You gave us the early warning on it. Uh, but what has happened to purchasing power and incomes uh, along with inflation? Wages have come down. Uh, that's the usual experience. The usual experience is that past a certain point when you start seeing wage increases running above 45 or 5%, it actually goes with decreasing real wages, decreasing purchasing power for workers. That's why it's so unfortunate that the economy was overstimulated last year. That's why it's important that the Fed act uh, strongly to bring down uh, inflation uh, now. We've caught a very bad break uh, Coming on top of the 7.5% inflation we, hate, we have, we now have extra inflationary pressure coming from oil prices and coming from wheat. And it's something we're going to need to really go after with policy. That means strong monetary policy, and that means sensible supply-side uh, policies where the government concentrates on procuring as inexpensively as possible, where we open up shipping to whoever the cheapest shipper is, rather than require that it be an American shipper carrying oil, for example, from Houston uh, to the East Coast of uh, the United States, uh, that we, yes, absolutely look after childcare, but we focus on making sure that we're doing as much as we can for children 
not for child care uh, providers. Uh, we can contain inflation, but it requires focusing on containing inflation. We spend a All right. There was so, so much. First of all, sorry for the mistake there, but there was so much in that piece. And he almost had a list of things that he needed to say to prepare to prepare the ethos into the destruction of the basic rights of the American worker. Let, let me first detail a few things. Uh, because of the war in, in uh, Ukraine, Ukraine is the wheat ba- a part of the wheat basket in Europe. They are not going to be able to plant. That opens the door for America to produce a lot more wheat. And we can. We have the ability. So all those farmers in Iowa and North Dakota, South Dakota, and all of that, they're happy now. They can replace the amount of... We are so, so good at growing here. We can replace the wheat that's going to be lost in Ukraine. And it's not only going to be the United States. It's going to be the United States. It's going to be Brazil. It's going to be all those countries, including the countries within the equator that can grow year-round. They are going to be there to replace all of that. It's going to be a boom town for a lot of different small countries, etc., because we're going to have a new market. But here's what that means, though. You see, when the wheat was created in Ukraine, Ukraine, it was it didn't have to be shipped, right? It was either going over land, through the Black Sea, all that sort of stuff, right? But these guys are preparing the landfill. And most Americans who listen to what Larry Summers said don't understand that because they're not following this type of politics. Here's what goes on now. You notice how he brought up the shipping and he said, you're going to have to use the cheapest shipper leaving the U.S. port because we have laws where if you're shipping to a U.S. port, right, you have to use U.S. shipping, that sort of a thing. I don't remember exactly how the law is written, but he wants to open the door so that all this shipping now, we can go to the cheaper person, the cheaper company, not that American company, because there's going to be a lot more stuff shipping all over the place. Because of Ukraine's war, oil and oil and wheat. So why? Where does? Did you ever wonder why did he? Why did shipping just come into play? Why did he talk about ships? We're talking about inflation and all of that. But he wants to hit that now, so Congress can start thinking about changing those rules, those laws that force longshoremen and all these other people that are dependent on us protecting our shipping industry. So he got it in. The next thing he got in is he went ahead and he pointed out, hey, we overstimulated the economy. What he wants to make sure is no windfall profit tax, man, no windfall. He wants to make sure that you can't take that money and give it back to people because the economy is already overstimulated and they're going to spend it not telling you that it is a swap. It's taking the money out of the hands of those who stole it legally and putting it into the hands of those who earned it legally and it was taken from legally, right? He also talks about um, that, that inflation and wages. 
He told an unfortunate and inconvenient truth. You can ask for wages and we'll just take it back with inflation. You know why? Because we can. We, you go ahead and ask for $15 an hour. If you ask for $15 an hour, we make inflation rate 7%. And you know what? We take back more than the wage increase in the long run. That is capitalism at its best. It is saying we with capital runs run everything. And if we don't learn these things now, we will continue to cycle over and over and over. They make it believe like, oh, this is Biden. This has nothing to do with Biden. Larry Summers is a neoliberal Democrat. Let's get this clear. Understand that the system is there to make you an indentured servant. You are there to serve the few. And until you understand that you have to be the chosen ones who make it into that 10% of the managerial layer, there's a special class. Those that have small businesses pay the price of inflation and all of that, but they're still at that in that 20%, between that 20% and, and 1%, right? They still live in there, but they work. They earn their keep. They're not the capitalists who just make their money off of paper or off of the labor of others, Right? Let's understand this, people. So when you are there carrying the water for the corporate structure, when you're there saying, oh, you are a damn socialist, as opposed to a democratic socialist, when you, when you are there making those statements, understand Larry Summers. He just said within that one piece, everything you need to know. One, I don't care if you get a wage increase. We're going to take it away with inflation. When it is time for us to change around shipping around the world, Ukraine means shipping by wheat's going to move around, oil's going to move around, and for those places where we are using, where, we're, where we have to come to a U.S. port, we want to get rid of all the protection longshoremen and the shipping industry in the United States have. We want to get rid of that, th those regulations. And we don't want any more overstimulation. In other words, yeah, we took back our money with inflation. We don't want you taking that inflation away from us. Remember, the inflation will realize itself as excess profits in their coffers. And when we try to take it away and put it back into the economy, because again, you took it, they don't want the Jones Act. Thank you about it. It's a Jones Act. They don't want that. So people... The reason they can get away with this, the reason Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and others don't get traction is that we haven't made this aware to many people who don't understand they're carrying water for the person who has the chain around their necks because they just don't believe they could possibly have the chain around their neck. Eric Hayes says, why is Biden taking to other dictators for oil and energy when we have it just change policy decisions, up, open up and drill, etc.? This is just plain wrong and not smart. Even now, after making the statement today, rejecting Russia oil, still taking renewable energy only uh, in the U.S., 
Why is he just plainly making the painful on America? That is the message you are getting from the right wing. And it is an ignorant message, brother Eric. I want you to listen to what cognitive dissonance looks like. What I'm going to play you now is that exchange between Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey. Again, cognitive dissonance. And you are working yourself following the people who inform you into a world of cognitive dissonance. Listen to this exchange and then we'll go about it a bit further. Check this out. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. It sounds like you guys are blaming Putin for the increase in gas prices recently, but weren't gas prices going up anyway because of post-pandemic supply chain issues? Well, I, I think there's no question that, as we have seen, and outside analysts have conveyed this as well, the increase in the anticipated continued increase, which is, I think, what some of your colleagues were asking about, that that is a, a direct result of uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And also, there was an anticipation of that uh, that was that uh, was uh, was factored in as gas prices have gone up. So you say that you're going to do everything that you can to reduce the impact that high gas prices have on Americans. Uh, we're asking other countries to think about maybe pumping more oil. Why not just do it here? Well, to be very clear, federal policies are not uh, limiting the supplies of oil and gas. To the con let me finish. To the con let me finish. An executive order. His Peter, I halted new oil and let, gas. Let me let me give you let me give you the facts here, and I know that can be inconvenient, but I think they're important in this moment. To the contrary, we have uh, the, we have been clear that in the short term, supply must keep up with the demand. We're we are and here and around the world will we make the shift to a secure, clear, clean energy future. We are one of the largest producers with a strong domestic oil and gas industry. We have actually produced more oil. It is at record numbers and we will continue to produce more oil. There are 9,000 approved drilling permits that are not being used. So the suggestion that we are not allowing companies to drill is inaccurate. The suggestion that that is what is hindering or preventing gas prices to come down is inaccurate. Would President Biden rescind his executive order that halts new oil and natural gas leases on public lands? Well, 90% of them happen on private lands, as I'm sure you know, and there are 9,000 unused approved drilling permits. So I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those if there's a desire to drill more. Would President Biden ever undo his executive order that stopped the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline? Are you suggesting that would solve the gas prices issue? Well, do you think that that would maybe affect prices faster than getting the whole country off of fossil fuels? I actually don't think it would. Uh, the Keystone uh, was not an oil field. It's a pipeline. Yeah. Also, the oil is continuing to flow in just through other means. So it actually would have nothing to do with the current supply imbalance. So gas prices are approaching an all-time high per gallon. How high would they have to get before President Biden would say, I'm going to set aside my ambitious climate goals and just increase domestic oil production, get the producers to drill more here, and we can address the fossil fuel future later? Well, again, Peter, the U.S. produced more oil this past year than in President Trump's first year. Next year, according to the Department of Energy, we will produce more oil than, every, than ever before. 
Okay, folks, cognitive dissonance is a dangerous thing. Uh, implied or, uh, or, or what I call willful ignorance is also a thing. Here's a, these are the things that we need to explain, and these are the things we need to explain in detail. I'm going to take the quick ones first, okay? One, numero uno, there are 9,000 leases already on private lands and on public lands that the oil companies have. They can choose to drill there or not, but they just want you to open up and give them even more rights to drill everywhere else. Why is that wrong? What they're trying to do is make sure that they have an expanded field to drill from so that if sometime in the future we change policy, they already have the rights to, to drill wherever they want. No, if you run out of areas to drill of those 9,000 access that you have, then you, we can start talking about drilling. Secondly, most drilling occurs on private land, not public land. So it is a fallacy to believe that Somehow, brother Biden has so much control over the oil market the, where oil is drilled for when it is on public la uh, uh, private lands where most of the drilling occur. Now, when they want to talk about open up the pipeline, she smartly says the pipeline is just that a pipeline. The oil has other methods of getting to market other than using this Excel pipeline. What are the reasons why we should not build a pipeline? Numero uno, first of all, from past experience, we can see that pipelines, these guys get a lot of leaking occurring and they don't clean it up. They, they, they throw it right back onto the taxpayer to clean up. So these pipeline building yet another pipeline that crosses land whose people didn't want the pipeline in the first place. That's numero uno. Fairness, number one. Number two, again, we talk about the leaks, but here's number three. The investment in that pipeline, the amount of money in that pipeline, people are going to want you to go ahead and amortize or rather depreciate it over decades. And they're going to say, well, we have to keep using it to flow oil to recover our costs. And if you stop us from using it, we'll sue you. Put the law in. You can't use, you can't have the pipeline in the first place. And that way, Whenever we make that change to all our energy methodologies, meaning green energy, water, air, uh, hydro, everything else, we don't have a company saying, oh, we got to mitigate that pipeline. So th that is one issue. The second issue is, oh, you're going around the world asking them to produce more. Uh, yeah, we're taking Russia off the market. And we're saying other people produce as well. Let me, let me tell you one of the other things, right? We're producing more oil than anybody else and we can produce more as well. But why centralize on all our oil at this time when there, there can, there is immediate access to oil in Iran, immediate access to oil in Venezuela. And you don't only solve a Venezuela problem by getting them to pump oil. You solve a poverty, humane, humanity based problem. I know many of the people on the right who always want to drill for oil cares nothing about humanity in the aggregate because they don't care if people live or die. We do. You know, but again, bottom line is pipeline. No, there are other methods of getting the oil out. Uh, somehow forget about, <laughs> you know, the last question I think is the most asinine of them all. What, what price does America have to pay for gas before you drop your environmental crap and just allow drilling to go unfettered and use gas 
oil, petroleum, unfettered. What amount of money does it have to cost the American people before you do that? And there's one intelligent answer. That is almost like saying, um, when, when are you going to stop making guns illegal for killers and give the killers the gun to kill us? Because we can make a buck from selling the gun to the killer. I mean, the, the cogn- it's not only cognizant dissonance, it is also a mere, it's willful ignorance, it's cognitive dissonance, and it's mere stupidity. You are saying, forget about the environment, something that's going to kill us all in the long run, because we are finally getting the right price. You, you want me to tell you something? I want gasoline to be $10 a gallon. Guess what happens then? The electric car market zooms up. And not only does the electrical car market zoom up, but also, you know, we don't get as much killer benzene. We don't get as much killer. All these things that go into the lungs that not the oil company pays for, not the person driving their car with the gas mobile pays through, but all of us through our insurance policies, through our health care, have to pay for the scourge created by whom? The oil companies. You know, the price of gas isn't $4 a gallon. You wanted it to be $185. You wanted it to $2. All that was was a ripoff for the insurance company because you get it to $1.85 and a lot of people buy a whole lot more gas. You get it to $4. You get a lot of people buying less gas. But guess what? You also get less sick people. And I'm not talking about climate. I'm not even talking climate change. I am actually talking lung cancer. I'm talking about emphysema. I'm talking about all the things that we have by having an increased amount of pollution. You remember during the pandemic what happened? When we all stopped driving. Remember what Paris looked like. Remember what Beijing looked like. You could see the blue skies. You could breathe. You no longer got asthma. So please, people, get rid of your cognizant dissonance. Get rid of your ideology and start thinking about humanity. It is inhumane to want to kill. It is inhumane. And when you say if the price of gas gets too high, let's just kill everybody by increasing these things. That's what you're saying. I mean, I am saying it in a graphic form. But that's what it really is. And, you know, it, it, sometimes, you know, uh, at one of the organizations that I'm at, sometimes they don't like the way I say things. Right. Because, uh, you know, we like to have we, we, we are very civil. But, you know, sometimes uh, civil can make something that is that is chronically evil look less than, you know, we make it seems like, oh, whether to have for profit delivery of healthcare versus uh, versus uh, versus public social healthcare is somehow debatable. It is somehow that it's either this or that. And even if the private sector costs more for healthcare because we have choices, that's a price we pay for choices, and that's just just what we want. We can have that. But Americans don't understand that this is a policy of killing people, right? So if you just put it that way as a choice, you can decide if you want health care by the private sector or health care by the 
uh, by the social, by the government. You know, it's a choice. It's not a choice. You're choosing between life or death. You're choosing between the life of many of your fellow American citizens and death. That's what you're doing. It's not a choice. Hey, guys, as you guys know, we have been alive for 52 years. And you know what? Venetia Williams, one of our board members, came out with a hell of an idea. And I want her to kind of pump it up for us. But all of you guys that are listening to us right now, fun drive is over, but we still need you guys. Hey, Venetia, tell us what you think we not what you think. Tell us what we as members of Pacifica, as members of KPFT need to do right now. Well, right now, you know, we celebrate our 52nd birthday. And because we didn't do anything last year because of COVID, everybody's been asking, what we going to do? 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 So I came up with 52 on 52, which means $52 for 52 years. It's a fundraiser I've done with countless other nonprofit organizations. And so the premise of it is that you just donate 50, simple Simon. You donate $52 for 52 years. That's all you got to do. And it's our birthday celebration, and that's what it's for. Look, let me tell you, Pacifica is, or rather, KPFT is a hell of a radio station. We serve Houston. We're here to serve, and that's what we we do. do. And, you know, if you just go to our website and go to Wait, how do they donate anyway? You tell me. Okay, they donate by going to kpft.org and the um the fund drive phone number. You know, I don't know that phone number by heart, but it's 713-526-5738. Come on, <laughs> Okay, you know, I never memorized. They need to get a simpler phone number, 526-6000 or something. <laughs> I can't remember. But, but anyway, you just go to those two. You either go to the website or you go to the phone number and just follow the just follow the prompts. Well, and it, then you know how they ask you for what show you want it to be for. Just say 52 on 52. Well, it'll you know, come you know up. It's so funny. I, I did it even simpler because, you know, I, I went on the website and that they had that thing that said PayPal. And since you guys will key on. 52, oh, yeah. PayPal. Oh, I yeah. Just click on PayPal. And I did the 52 bucks because 52 you embarrassed right. me in the board meeting because it was like, you mean you haven't done your 52 dollars yet? And I'm like, oh, I did not do that. Hey, I did not do. Might as well. You had. <laughs> Because of no, it. I said that all board members need to donate, and they do. Because when you, what's his name, is working himself crazy trying to find grants. And the first thing, I'm serious. A lot of people, if you're not into grant writing, you don't understand it. But if they're going to shell out big money, the first thing they're going to ask you is, what is your, is your board 100%? Is your board 100%? And that's the first question they're going to ask. So, 52 to me, $52. Okay. And let's say, okay, you it's hard times or whatever. You can stretch. I, you know, I don't like to promote this, but you can you can stretch the $52 out for I, a but year. But you know what, Venetia, I follow your lead. And the truth of the matter is you've been working in this business for a long time in making sure that people get get good programming and making people sure that these nonprofit radio stations can stay alive, especially in these times when we need it. I just want to thank you because oh. everybody knows, everybody knows 
This 52 on 52 campaign is yours. It has a ring to it. And for all of you that are listening to Politics Done Right right now, this is Look, Venetia is one of our, our trusted members. And I tell <laughs> oh, you what, that's so if, sweet. <laughs> if she says 52 on 52, let's do 52 on 52. So call right now, 713-526-5738. 52 on 52, tell them that you want to give that 52 bucks. And I tell you what, the easy way, go to kpft.org and click the donate button or click the PayPal button, whichever or one. click PayPal. Yeah, and choose $52 and, and keep this station alive. We're still working very hard to get that new building, that new equipment. Oh, everything. yeah, we're getting a new building, y'all. And we I got some ideas for that, too, but I just did not say that out loud because I all the parties haven't gotten together yet. But well, you know, um, we, we 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 you know let, let's stick to 52 on 52 until mm-hmm. you get all of that stuff hammered out, Venetia, and then we're gonna get it done. So folks, again, we want to thank we I, I want to thank very kindly Venetia for appearing on politics done right to promote oh. this 52 on 52 because I tell you what, KPFT needs needs good people out there working yes, their butts do. off. For, for this station. And Venetia is one of our trusted members that's out there busting her butt for this station. Venetia Williams, thank you so kindly for coming Aww, on. To thank you, Inverto. You know I love you. You're one of my favorite people. Well, you know, you know it's like ditto, ditto. Yeah, you're one of my favorite people. We got it, girl. Thank you very much. All right. No, thank you. And thank you, everybody. Huh? 52 on 52. There you go, 52 on 52. Thank you, folks. One of the reasons I have always said we need to have more women in power because there's something dangerous about testosterone when you don't have, when you don't have the mental capacity to control testosterone. Testosterone can be a poison. It can be a, a, something that makes you mad. If you don't, uh, uh, you know, right now, as it turns out, that is what has happened to Putin. He's testosterone-induced, close-cycled madness. And you want Biden to exhibit that behavior as well? Some of the reporters seem like they're mad. I want you to listen to this one here. And it is so important because I love the way Jen Psaki handled it. Because these reporters who've never served the time in office, who have never really gone and had any, any, anything other than some elitist education, think they know what is best for us all. In this case, I've got to say thank you for saner minds. Because the one thing we have to be in this time is very, very careful. So what I want you to do is listen to this tape, then we'll take it on the other side. You guys have said you close the door on supply and combat aircraft to Ukraine right now, the transfer of MiGs. We heard from the Pentagon, your colleague there, John Kirby, mm-hmm. said it was high risk. Mitt Romney today said there is a sentiment that we're fearful about what Putin might do and what he might consider an escalation. It's time for him to be fearful of what we might do. Why is it not a risk, a higher risk, to wait? To wait to what? To we're not supplying to, to not act in providing MIGs to the Ukrainian country. We said that's a high risk. Why is that a higher risk 
than not providing them. We're already witnessing civilian side as we speak. Well, I would say what our assessment is based on is how to prevent a world war here, Peter, which is a significant um, weight that the intelligence community, the uh, Defense Department, and the President of the United States weighs at every moment in time. And they weigh, and I would note that um, that there was also, I thought, a very interesting comment that was made that is important, I think, for people to understand how we look at this, which is that there's an escalation ladder, right? And there's a difference between an anti-tank weapon, a shoulder-fired missile, an aircraft, and a fighter jet that could cross a border and actually conduct operations on Russian soil. So how we assess things is how what kind of assistance can we provide that will be the most impactful, if humanly uh, most, most impactful in protecting, defending, providing assistance to the Ukrainian people as they are fighting courageously and boldly. We are also t- trying to prevent ourselves from taking steps that would be further escalatory. I don't think we have held back in any capacity in providing assistance, having the backs of the Ukrainians, but we are not going to do things that we think are not in the interest of the United States or our NATO allies. And that is where the bar is for us. And you know, that is not too difficult to understand, right? That is measured. That is using your mind. That is saying we are going to do absolutely nothing that Putin can use to bring uh, create a bigger war that's responsible you people say oh but look there are kids there are children that are dying in ukraine and that is true there are women and men that are dying in ukraine russia is doing all these things how many people are gonna die if we allow this guy an excuse to escalate quite a bit more right responsibility is not easy this testosterone kind of, I mean, and I only gave you a piece of what that particular silly reporter was talking about. But there was a time that he actually got pretty rough with, uh, with, with Jen Psaki. And you know Jen. Jen is a, the ultimate in, dipl- in diplomatic as she sliced you to smithereens. She's, she's cutting you by a million slices and you don't even know it. Well, the reporters, that is. And that is, that is all she had to do as he was sort of getting all perturbed. She looked at him and he, she said, no, this is what we are doing. And she explained what we are doing, which made a hell of a lot of sense more than these testosterone-driven uh, reporters, testosterone-driven uh, Mr. Romney saying, it is time. Uh, we are acting like we're scared of Putin. It's time to let Putin be scared of us. That sounds good. But Putin isn't about being scared. Putin is doing anything to stay alive. He wants to... Right now, he has put his country in dire straits. And there's a good possibility that there will be a coup in the Soviet... in, 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 in Russia. There is a good possibility there's a coup. Why not allow it to happen? Why give him an excuse to say NATO is the reason we are here? The reason that you are feeling the pain in Russia is not because of all those companies leaving because I did something, meaning Putin, but because of NATO. You see what they're doing? And by the way, you know, we gave him an excuse by growing NATO all the way to to his land, right? I mean, look, I'm not giving him an out at all, right? But... Hey, you know, 
<laughs> if we had, when Russia came to Cuba, which was 90 miles away, we said, uh-uh, you ain't going to do that. And then we went ahead and passed a policy that says, nobody, he can't come anywhere in the Americas. And so all when he goes to Venezuela, we're like, be careful when you're trying to go there to Venezuela. We're not going to allow that. So let's be clear and not allow those of the, the unread, they, well, they're not unread. They should know better. They should know better than to try to have some sort of testosteronic reaction to Putin instead of a sensible reaction. Uh, Biden, no matter what you think about him, as all the experts who understand this will tell you, the measured approach he's taken thus far has really prevented a catastrophe that Putin needs. Remember, Putin needs us to overreact right now. Putin needs to see on the world stage something that gives him the ability to tell his people, look at what they've done. That's why he's trying to create some other factors right now. Oh, they're building poison gas. They're building weapons of mass destruction in Ukraine. He needs people to start believing that because he is in trouble. And when a leader like Putin is in trouble, it starts to be, uh-uh, the overthrow is about to happen. Gorbachev didn't do any of this, and he got his butt whipped. Let's not forget that. History is an interesting thing. I don't have a lot of time left, but let's talk gasoline. We have been programmed into believing Oh, something happened to the, get the, the supply pipeline and it justify us having the, the, the amount of gasoline we have. You know, when I was taking my daughter to rehab this morning, we're talking about gasoline and she was like, Oh, why gasoline is so high? And we started talking about how it's a paper pricing, right? You have brokers who have nothing to do with production of gasoline or any. They have nothing to do with gasoline. They just sit down in a high-class office. They make a bunch of money and they trade contracts, right? So what you do is you have a hysterical portion of the community give people that are that went to business school, but that somehow doesn't have an engineering mind, doesn't have a uh, don't have a practical mind to understand where things are. Let me give an example now. So what happens? Emma Bickers, welcome aboard, my friend. Here's what happens. You go ahead and you own, let's say, United Airlines. And you start to get scared that your kerosene that you used to power the oil, the jet fuel that used to power the planes, are suddenly going to go through the roof and you won't be able to have tickets that people can afford. So what you do is you go buy a contract. And that contract says... Oh, I am willing. I think there's going to be a scarcity of, of petroleum. There ain't going to be no scarcity. We don't have a scarcity. But they are of the figment of their imagination after these charlatanes, the business class that owns these companies, give the impression that there's a, there's a possibility of a shortage. We're going to talk about why there ain't no shortage in a minute. But here's what these people then do. United Airlines would go ahead and say, okay, my God, I think a gas, the, the, the barrel of petroleum is going to go to $150 a barrel. I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to buy a contract, right? I am going to dry, get a contract that locks in $100 a barrel for oil. 
no matter what happens. Oh, there it goes, John Carter. You know what? I forgot John Carter was on. <laughs> but that's what they do. And 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 he just hit the, the he just named it correctly. Fuel hedging. But they do not need to fuel hedge because there isn't a supply problem even if all of Russia is offline. We are flooded in supplies of oil, but in the transmission of oil, in putting out the oil, we have a plutocratic class that have decided to hold us hostage. Between now and when Russia comes online, there will be no more pipeline bill that expand. None of these hardware things for moving oil, tankers, all of that is going to, within the time period of this war, let's say it lasts a year, there's not going to be a whole lot of new stuff built. But if somehow that war stops, the price of oil will crater because of what people believe. What am I trying to say here? I saw in the, I don't have the whole thread. People talk about speculation. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's not honest speculation that we have in this market, in the oil market and in most of our capitalist markets. It's not honest speculation. It's corrosive, fraudulent speculation that fools people into buying at a high price, locking it in. And that's why we get these crash and burn cycles that Richard, economist that agrees with me all the time, Richard Wolf speaks about. If we were to get, Egberto, I'm hoping the viewpoint that there is the oil crunch will cause the proliferation of renewable. I know that. I know that. I know that, um, Rudnan. But we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to lie about an oil crunch for people to say, I don't want to fry our atmosphere. When education of the younger generation can actually show people, my God, if we keep burning this crap, we're all going to die. And it's not our, it's not that we're all going to die. We're all going to live a horrendous life of hurricanes, of heat and cold and all these other issues. But we're back onto the price of gasoline. So we have the United Airlines and all these guys buying contracts because they're running scared for no reason. Then we have the political system. Do you really think that we don't have a problem buying oil? from Russia, a fascist, communist state. Well, now it's not communist anymore, but it's a fascist. It's worse than communist, actually, because it's a one-man dictator. At least communist is a semblance of people having a voice. Socialist, democratic socialism is where everybody has a voice. But do you think, I want you to answer these questions. Why is it okay that we have no problem Buying oil from Saudi Arabia, a fascist state, a state where women don't have rights, but are flooded in oil. We buy from Russia. When I say we, I'm talking about the Western world. You buy from Russia. These people have the same issues as far as human rights, etc. Now, Venezuela. Venezuela is swimming on top of oil. Venezuela has more oil than all of us. 
I think, uh, you know, I may be ex- ex- exaggerating about it, but I think it has more oil than the United States as well. Look it up. Hey, uh, Michael Rodman, look up if Venezuela has more oil than the current reserves in America. I think it does. But whatever the case is, Venezuela is one of the countries with the most oil bar none. Okay? But we are shut down from Venezuela, not because Venezuela doesn't like its people. Think about this. Not because Venezuela doesn't like its people. Because if that were the case, we wouldn't be buying oil from Saudi Arabia. We wouldn't be buying oil from Russia. We wouldn't be buying oil from all these countries where they treat their people badly, where people don't have democracy or etc. It is a con job. It is a con job to keep oil off the market. I mean, look, those of us who are progressives kind of like the coercion, right? Because you keep the price of oil high, suddenly it makes sense. Okay, the proven reserves in Venezuela is, are recognized as the largest in the world, totaling 300 billion. I thought I read that, uh, but I wanted to be sure. You know, you come here to get information. Bruce says, we didn't buy raw materials on the spot market unless they were cheaper. Otherwise, we made long-term contracts, hot in panic, but as a pattern of a business process, a failed business process. Okay, so... So there, there we go now with the oil, okay? We have all these places with billions of bar- barrels of oil. So why don't we tap them? We don't tap them for this reason. And you're not going to read this, right? I am from this part of the world and I understand the concepts, right? In Central America and all these places, we have the strong men. And, it's, it's, and the strong men are usually financed then by the big shots in the in the country so in panama we have a class of people known as the rabi blancos that's the tagaropulos and a lot of the other big shots in panama and they run all the real big industries in the country under the auspices of having good relations with the united states of america and when these tin pot dictators like manuel noriega misbehave bad enough they find a way for the united states to come in and invade and claim that they, these countries are anti-democratic and then they take their natural resources. And people say, like, Berto, I didn't read that. That's not true. I know you're not going to read that. You can't read that because that's not how it is written. The same goes with Venezuela. Do you think Maduro, and before Maduro, Chavez, just came into existence. Before Chavez, we had guys like uh, uh, Andres Perez and all these pl- these guys. Andres Perez was, uh, he was a leftist, right? But not left enough. He still had the plutocracy in Venezuela ripping the country off. And, and, and I think he even went to jail himself for being a part of the mess. But what I'm trying to tell all of you is, what I'm trying to tell you is there is an abundance of oil ready to be tapped right now. And if that were the issue for having high gas prices, we would have tapped them. This is a fraud on the American people. And it's hard to explain to America because you have from CNBC to the New York Times to all of these guys buying into this concept of a shortage, buying into this concept of a supply disruption. All of this, we are, we are, we are, we are bombarded by all the reputable sources telling you that stuff. And here is little Egberto Willis telling you we're swimming in oil if we really want it. I don't want us burning it, 
But if that is the reason for high gas prices opposed to externalities that allow us to start using gas to pay its prices, it would be great, but that's not it. We have to do something about this. It is important that we don't just take my word for it. Just read, and you have to read between the lines. Michael Rodney just pulled up the material that shows you that Venezuela has more reserves than any other country on the planet right now. The discoverable reserves. And we know that Venezuela for a long time has been pumping oil. In fact, Citgo in the United States is who, uh, who process their oil, etc. But because of a political problem, because uh, 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 Chavez said, Este petróleo es para el pueblo. Este petróleo, el dueño de este petróleo es el pueblo. The owner of this oil are the people, not the corporations that are coming to drill it and give us pennies on the dollar. Not so. This oil belongs to the people. And what did he get for that? You know, I mean, this guy's no saint. Maduro is a, is a, is a poor example of Chavez. These are not saints, and these are all powerful. These are all people that you re reach to that point in your life, you want to, you know, you have a certain thing on your back. But don't dare believe that the price of oil is justified. You want me to tell you what it would be justified right now? The nationalization of the oil, in, of the energy industry. Because think about this. You watch the news today, and I'm, I'm going over one more minute. You watch the news today, they said, oh my God, oil prices are high. What does oil high oil prices mean? Fertilizers are going to go up in price, which means the animal feed is going to go up in price, which means eggs are going to go up in price, all based on oil. That's a farce. Nationalize the, the oil industry, stabilize the price of oil, and let Everything else be market-based, eggs, the fruits, all of that market-based. We take away the volatile part of the economy that screw people. And you know what I'm going to tell you better? Having inflation destroys small businesses. Because you know what? When it comes to fighting for oil, United Airlines can get the oil and they can buy their contracts. But that little truck company, he can't buy contracts. He's going to pay whatever the spot market says he's going to pay. So therefore, we get back into the same thing that happened during the pandemic. The little man dies and the big dude goes up. Nationalize the energy market, nationalize the healthcare market, and let free enterprise reign towards everything else. You want to see a stable economy. You want to see freedom. You want to see democracy. You want to see honesty. For those parts of our economy that's been screwing and keeping people hostage, let we the people control it. Watch how quickly the people who really have the intellect to move forward, all of you that are listening to me, you have an idea for business that you won't do because you can't afford healthcare. You have an idea for some other company you want to form, you can't afford healthcare or you can't afford the other costs. Because the big guys run everything. Nationalize the basics and let us have a true free enterprise system in a true democracy. And you see how quickly we move forward. You can listen 
and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on YouTube Live at politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willis, at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L. I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all central time. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The Contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org, choose Politics Done Right for the program, and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Well, folks, that's it for today. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. 